Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Drive Into the Basket, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Mike, joined today once again by Jack Kelly. Jack, it's always great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Mike. I'm uh, My positivity is waning a little bit, but always happy to jump on and talk Pistons hoops with yourself. Absolutely, and it's always great to have you on here. So uh, this is going to be, a, as I mentioned last week, a sort of mid-season review episode. Uh, we are past midpoint of i mean it seems like it's gone really fast but not in a good way like not in a good way at all like i know we were both really looking forward to the season it's like you know you've got kate in his second season you've got ivy uh you've got jaylen duran you've got you know the other young guys sadiq bay was coming off his 50 point game which is you know whatever but and it really has not gone as we had hoped yeah for sure i think i mean the season itself 20 games in there was injuries too reserve players in Alec Burks and Marvin Bagley and then they came back then Cade's out then there was confusion with Cade's injury for three four weeks and then Cade's out for the season um we've had Jalen Duran out but overall it's yeah it's definitely being an been an underwhelming season to say the least it's been hard yeah. to find I mean there's been positives here and there I'm sure we'll talk about Killian Hayes and Isaiah Stewart amongst others, but it's just felt like one of those seasons where it's been hard to gain any any positive momentum for any long stretches. Yeah, definitely. I uh, just want to note, uh, Jack here is Jack underscore Kelly underscore 313 on Twitter. Check him out. Puts out a, good, a lot of good material on there. So yeah, it's it, it's been a rough season. Without a doubt, it, is, it has been a very, very rough season. And why don't you, like, how did you, I mean, I know we were both completely wrong and there was no way uh, to say you know to, to to predict what was going to happen to Cade but how did you kind of see the season going like beforehand like if you your vision of the season what did you think it was going to look like for Cade in particular or the Pistons as a whole just the Pistons as a whole I suppose yeah so um I pretty much coming into the season my expectations I guess from a win-loss perspective weren't high I pretty much had this team around 28 wins I thought was I'm pretty sure that was the line um coming into the season so but for me the wins and losses wasn't really going to be a way to measure the team as such this season I was more so once again just looking for growth in chemistry obviously injuries have taken away from that but my hopes were high like I I I thought we would see this team be competitive on a nightly basis the days of you know this past week I think they've had two blowouts had one against Portland the Spurs was a pretty yuck game for lack of a better term and then obviously yesterday was another blowout I I thought the days of those types of weeks were gone but obviously not so I think that's been the disappointing thing for me is just been some nights it just doesn't look like this team's ready or the effort's not there and they have had a travel heavy schedule because of the game they will play in Paris in the next couple Mm -hmm. of weeks their schedule's been condensed but yeah it's just like I said earlier this just hasn't been that positive stretch where they've really had three weeks of, you know, just competitive basketball with wins sprinkled in. Yeah. I kind of feel like this has been the most drudgerous of the three rebuild years so far. You know, though I've got to say, and like I noticed last week while I was, uh, while I was recording, like uh, I was recording, I think on the 4th of January and no, that would have been the 3rd of January, I think. And I looked and it was exactly three years since the news had come out that the Pistons were basically trading Drummonds, they were putting him on the market and pivoting to a rebuild. So we're exactly like three calendar years into this, but this yeah. is like, yeah, this is year three of like the total rebuild. And I kind of feel like this has been the most onerous of the season so far. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think it's, I think that's why Troy Weaver has been catching some heat, at least online amongst the fan base. And I think it's really, it's tricky because the glaring issue is that the franchise players he's out for the season he played like nine games and he's been dealing with this shin injury the whole time so mm-hmm. and I think the fan base as a whole is obviously just starving for some form of when I say success I mean just something to grasp onto positive like it's been I don't think this team's made the playoffs since 2008 maybe 2007 I mean sorry yes. won a play won a playoff game my mistake yes yeah, they have since 2008 yeah they, they've been swept twice how could I forget that but uh, three times, actually, 2009 also. Okay, well, there you go. So, I mean, that's why this, I think everything becomes magnified even more 
on top of already this is the third season but that's why it's tricky to get a measure on this rebuild like this season clearly is a step back or it's definitely not a step forward so but you also don't want Troy going out there making any kind of win now move because you want the season how it is now you want to finish in the bottom three but all these losses and uninspiring basketball just from an outside perspective amongst fans and media it's yeah the fan Troy Weaver is going to cop heat so it's it's really yeah. tricky and it's sort of just it's yeah quite depressing really we're sort of it's just stuck tough. like this we're just stuck like this and yeah it, it's been tough I I still if I if I look back to the Van Gundy days for example and you know I don't like that guy I really really don't like that guy <laughs> <laughs> um and it was like I guess it actually like with Van Gundy, it was, it was really frustrating to me because I, I just despised his coaching on a nightly basis. It was actually after it reached its pinnacle of bad for me when after the Pistons traded for Blake Griffin and, and Casey's first season when the Pistons were clearly just competing for nothing with no future at all. And this isn't anywhere near as bad as that because it's like, you know, this team is actually has a purpose, has a goal that does not simply make the playoffs, that does not simply have the the venture capitalist owner who treats it like a venture capitalist project project which is basically you know we just need to get it going and then it'll snowball in in itself once it starts becoming successful it's just not working basketball need the talent so i'm still a, a lot happier than i was in that first in that first season uh first full season with griffin um but it's gotten unenjoyable i'll stick with it but lately it's been unenjoyable the sixers game uh the the spurs game uh definitely the, the trailblazers game i rarely turn games off I didn't watch the fourth quarter of that one. Yeah, the Blazers game, that was rough. Um, I think as well, I think what I've seen is, I mean, I've seen Jaden Ivey, his rookie season, yes, it hasn't been, you know, he hasn't blown everyone away. I think he's sort of performing to what most level-headed fans slash, you know, people like us who cover the team. This is sort of what we expected, even just in terms of a stat line, percentages, turnovers. But I think he's... The days are sort of gone for the fan base because we are in year three of sort of just getting excited about those little slithers as much, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like if Jaden Ivey was doing this in that COVID season, people would be really excited by it. But I feel like the fan base as a whole is just sort of drained a little bit. And I'm not saying that covers all Jaden's. Like, he's been definitely a frustrating player at times. But Mm -hmm. I think that's... Yeah, the Killian Hayes thing—that's a different story because he's sort of, sort of turned. He's come out of nowhere with this resurgence. But yeah, I feel like this third season has really just put a dampener on the younger players yeah. a little bit as a whole. Yeah, and and the roster has issues too. Um, yeah. That that doesn't help things. I would say, like you know, like nobody. I mean, I wasn't sad to see Jeremy Grant shipped out for you know, especially for what the return was. The return was ultimately Jalen Dern, but. You know, you lose a player like Duran, that hurts. You, you replace his, excuse me, like Grant, that hurts. You replace his offensive production with Boyan and then some, really. Boyan's been, has been great on offense, but he can't play defense. And uh, Sadiq Bey takes a downturn and kind of like just a, a lot a lot went wrong. The roster's just a little bit of a mess. And as opposed to last season where you really had Cade and he was just always something to be excited about. And even though he started slow, I mean, for just there was it was always enjoyable to watch him yeah and uh you know across the breadth of the season and we don't have that right now and so the games can be a bit drudgerous yeah for sure i mean the second kate's i mean we all knew the season ending surgery was coming it makes sense but once that was announced i feel like a lot of fans it honestly feels like a lot of fans have just stopped watching like i'll be on twitter or in the game threads on dbb and just the the comments or just general people talking about it online, it's um you could see the engagement has seriously dropped off. And I would say that filters across any way you can watch the Pistons or listen. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, the last month. And that's the thing. They had this, they had the Warriors win and the Timberwolves win. The Timberwolves win was mainly because of the bench and the veterans. And then the Warriors win, that was a fun game. But the way they have won these games doesn't feel like a sustainable way to build from the next game forward, if you know what I mean. It doesn't feel like whatever they did in those wins is going to lead to a good month of basketball. If that the process just and 
yeah, yeah. there's just nothing feels sustainable. And I think you had that post All Star break last year. We might get that this year. I don't know, but watching Cade sort of find his way at post All Star break, especially that was those couple of months feel really uplifting. Yeah. I guess just to watch. Yeah, I mean, Cade could make an entire game enjoyable to watch. Yeah, uh, just just on his own. There's nobody on the team who can do that at this point. I mean, you look at Boyan go out and have a great offensive game, but I mean, it's not it's not in the name of you know any real goal. And Boyan is 33. I mean, he's yeah. uh, this is not Boyan and Burks, and Burks has been great. All due respect to both of those guys. I mean, they're not. I mean, they've they've both been really good on the court. They're not. Well, not on defense for Boyan, but they're not the future of the team. So. Yeah, it, it's been tough, but I also feel like the Pistons have been getting blown out more than they did in those first two seasons when they were actually, it was a surprisingly competitive tank on most nights. Especially that first season when there was no yeah. fans in the stands. That team yeah. was, um, they were much more competitive. I think last year they did, they had like a 13-game losing streak in there, I'm pretty sure. I think post, pre-All-Star game, there was a fair few blowouts sprinkled in there, but I yeah. think having Cade mask some of those, <laughs> you don't have Cade this season and the blowouts. Yeah. And Jaden Ivey's sort of struggling since he's sort of struggled since his first ten games, and then he had that injury, yeah. and he sort of hasn't been the same since. But yeah, it's been rough. It's been rough, definitely. I had called like uh, I think thirty-one wins. I thought that this would still be a bottom three, excuse me, a bottom three team in the conference. But I did not anticipate things getting this ugly, uh, and they're often just not being really a tremendous amount to watch to be excited about when I watch games, but yeah, it, it is what it is. And you know, if the Pistons come out of this with, with one by Yama or with, uh, even with scoot, then well, those threes make me a little bit, a little bit scared about that. But if the Pistons come out of this with, with the high draft pick, then maybe we'll feel better about it. It's just like, man, I didn't want to have to say that about the season. I just didn't want to have to say, man, you know, everything's going to be fine. As long as we got a high draft pick. That's uh, uh, honestly coming into the season. Even though I just said I thought we were going, the Pistons were going to win 28 games, I just didn't even think landing Victor Wembanyama or Scoot, for that matter, would be in the question. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I know that, yeah, so the fact that that's now the hope is disappointing in itself. Yeah, at this point, the Pistons are on pace for their least wins out of, uh, of these three rebuild seasons. I mean, they only had 20 in season one, but that was only a 72-game season. Last year they had twenty three. Of course, you know they might get there. Whatever, it's it's completely meaningless. But yeah, it hasn't gone as we hoped. But uh, why don't we just get into you know talking about uh, you know in more detail about how things have really gone. So obviously we could talk about you know how things have gone with the offense and the defense. Defense has been a mess. Um, and yeah, why don't we talk a bit about that? So what's your opinion on the defense, basically, that Dwayne Casey runs? I know that he's gotten a lot of heat for a switch-everything defense. Do you think that that, you know, how, how do you think that that has gone to this stage? And, and do you think he's been handling that well? I think it's gone poorly, but I don't think, we'll get to offense, I'm sure, after. And I have more ish, more questions with um, Dwayne Casey on that side of the ball. On defense, I just think it's a flawed roster. Like, we don't have, with Livers out, you're starting Bogdanovich, who we know what he is defensively. And then just actually, Greg Kelser pulled on the last game. Just Are you going to put him out in the court? Greg Kelser might improve defense. <laughs> no, no. He pulled just a, a miscommunication on a switch between. Yeah, I saw it. Stuart, yeah, Isaiah. Stuart, yeah. yeah, between Stuart and Bogdanovich. And for those that might have missed it, it was a real simple clip. It was just Stu pointing out or calling out the switch. And Bogdanovich just completely either missed it, didn't see it, or he just didn't do it. And. Basically, it just led to a wide open dunk. Maybe uh, it was an easy bucket. Yeah, it and, was. Uh, yeah, hardened, hardened, shovel the pass between them to Montrezl. Yeah. That's it. And it's just like the communication stuff is just been a nightmare. Like Jaden Ivy last night, he had two turnovers to start the fourth quarter, and then he just sort of half got back and didn't really. I mean, Denver probably always going to score off his turnover, but he just sort of gave some ill-fated effort that just was like, it was like he was mm -hmm. almost sulking for the foul. I don't know what he was doing, but it's just like, that's the sort of stuff. It's just like, at least get back and show that you care. You want to make up for your mistake. I know like Killian Hayes, the game before in San Antonio, had six turnovers, but on each, he actually got the ball back on a couple of them. So it's just, it's just been an effort thing at times, communication, inexperience. Jalen Duran misses rotations here and there. Yeah, I think it's more a personnel thing on defense. 
Yeah, I think that personnel are definitely an issue, like without a doubt. Uh, Bogey is not a good defender, to say the least. Ivy has had his issues. He's definitely looked down in the dumps at times, without a doubt there, too. Uh, Duran is still learning. Marvin Bagley is a complete catastrophe. Uh, Sadiq has been awful. Uh, I do think that the, the switch everything is a little bit simplistic in a way that's not necessary. I think that, like for example, Durham was played as more of a drop defender for a little while when he was first starting before he was put in a switch everything scheme and he performed better there. But um, yeah, I agree that there's not, though I don't think switch everything is really all that great. I think that it's unlikely that another scheme would make this team substantively better on defense. Man, have they been bad. Yeah. So, uh, but what about the offense? What do you think on that end? Yeah, the offense, that's the end of the four I've had. I've come around to questioning Casey. I know that's not a hot, uh, that's not a new thought. That's a lot of people have had issues with rotation, his offensive creativity. They've probably been the two main things I've seen. And um, the rotations thing, that doesn't bother me as much. There's been some weird stuff with Killian recently, but considering how bad this team is, I'm not too fussed with that. I'm more so, uh, there's only so many more times I can see Sadiq Bay posting up, <laughs> like in the mid range. Just that sort of stuff, like, Sometimes it just feels like the whole offense is just ISO, ISO heavy. Like I, I, I really wanted to see or want to see going forward Jalen Duran used more as a role man. Like I feel like he's been underutilized there. Oh, yeah. Some of that is because the only guy that can find him on the role is Killian. But also I just even with Marvin Bagley, he's been really disappointing, and now he's now out for. Wouldn't be surprised if he's out for the rest of the season, but. Mm-hmm. Even him, like the amount of times I've just seen him posting up or in the dunker spot when he was an awesome role man last season. And I feel like that's one of his best avenues of scoring. I haven't seen, you know, when he's been on the floor with Killian, I just haven't seen that enough. And pick and roll is nothing create Like that's, it's the most used play in basketball. But sometimes the offense just comes to a grinding halt and, there's so many, like last night or yesterday against Philly, it, yeah. on those two Nerlens Noel jumpers that he took, which he did make, all four guys are just standing watching him. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I'm not saying that's all on Casey either. That's on the players. Sometimes it's just, but I guess maybe that does go back to Casey, but like, it's just, it's so stale, so stale. And mm-hmm. it's weird because sometimes I think he draws up some good plays out of timeouts or baseline out of bounds. like. Sometimes. sometimes yeah i don't think that 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 would be one of his strengths on offense but you think so man i think they're awful oh I, I think i think he does some decent ones like I, i'm not saying he's a master of them but compared to what he runs in the half court i think they're decent so well yeah let me let me clarify this is i, I am biased in saying that i realized to his late like end of game plays which are almost in almost invariably like give the ball to boy on and ask him to score yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, that's 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 in the half court though. Like, uh, yeah, you know what true. was yeah. funny? That Sadiq Bay game winner. Did you see the post game quote where it, it yep. came out? He hijacked, he basically, the, play. He hijacked yeah. the play. Like, thank God he made the shot because, yeah, that's like that's not on Casey. That's fully Sadiq just yeah, yeah hijacking okay. the play. Like, so okay. that's that's where it comes down to me. Some of this is on the players and their execution. At the end of the day, they mm-hmm. are still young, but I'm definitely willing to admit more of the blames on Casey on that end. And that's why come end of the season, I want Dwayne Casey. I would happily have him in the organization, but I think I'm pretty, pretty, I would be happy with a change come the off season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, speaking as somebody who's trying to turn his Twitter into, into a wall that is not just entirely Dwayne Casey complaint tweets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually trying to do something with my Twitter, guys. I'm actually like genuinely going to start <laughs> trying to do this. It's not just going to be me complaining about Dwayne Casey. Um, yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's move on to the players. So um, unfortunately, we don't have Kay to talk about. You know that. Uh, was very, well, can very we sad. quickly talk about Kay? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Absolutely. I just think you know how it, it's impossible to tell uh, how how much his injury was affecting his performance. For sure. I I have a question for you, I guess, or something I want to discuss because, yeah, we didn't see much this season. I mean, he had a nice stretch of four or five games, mm-hmm. um, but obviously that shin injury was a factor. So are you concerned? So my first question is, are you concerned about Cade's injuries, I guess, history long-term? I mean, he's now, last season he was in and out of the lineup. 
he had the ankle injury. I think he had COVID. Then he had some other injuries, which none of them are really long-term, but he was out. And then this season now he's going to miss 60-odd games. So I guess, are you concerned about the injuries and how concerned are you also about him missing a whole season and how that affects the Pistons in year three with their development? Hmm. I'm not concerned about the injuries. I feel like twisted ankles are such a common thing in basketball. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. And a tibial stress fracture. I mean, shin issues. I mean, I'll qualify this. Uh, I don't have access to like the best, the absolute best sports medicine care on the planet. Uh, And this was when I was considerably younger, but shin issues. Yeah. If they are not properly treated, can develop into something worse. Uh, But uh, fortunately they can be treated, you know, with, um, you know, through through a variety of methods, it's a matter of keeping them from becoming a problem. So once once you actually have to go through and 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 uh, and treat them, then it's they're they're more of an issue. Then it's just rest and waiting for that inflammation to go away. I'm not concerned. Put it that way. As far as how is it, it'll it'll affect the development of the Pistons, I don't think much. I think it's a shame that he's not going to get this this time on the court. But we've seen it with a lot of other players who will miss like an entire season early on and go on to be just fine, and the team goes on to be just fine. For sure. I'm a little, I mean, I'm hoping this shin injury as well as the ankle sprain from his rookie season is what has been plaguing his outside shooting consistency. Um, obviously, if you have soreness in your legs, you know, your legs are pretty an integral part of making a jump shot. So hopefully that corrects his shooting consistency. And yeah, I think it's still it's still something for him to miss this whole year too of Think about where Cade could have been at the end of the season, maybe with another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it hurts. You know, he it hurts. It hurts, and I I think yeah. Hopefully, the Pistons draft well and everything. You know, year three they can still be on track. Sorry for year four of the rebuild, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's it it does hurt. Yeah. So yeah, as far as grading, I mean, I had this idea that we go through and grade the players. Uh, you know, for what it's worth, I would give him a big fat incomplete. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm, I'm just honestly looking at the list at this point, uh, just in terms of uh, like, I don't know if there's really much interest to talk about Boyan, for example, Boyan or Alec Burks or everybody's favorite, Corey Joseph. Uh, One question, guys who, yeah. would you trade Boyan? Um, so at this point, I think it would not be good for the young players to trade away Boyan because the offense would cease to exist is my concern. I mean, he powers so much of it, but um, that's, that's definitely something to... Um, yeah, it's definitely something to talk about on a, uh, I'd say on a future episode about the trade deadline. Uh, that's a long discussion I think we could have. For sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, as far as Boyan goes, like in terms of like grading the guy's performance, it would be kind of like an A on offense and a D on defense. Like a guy who gives you a lot of points but plays horrible defense. Like was one of the guys who was like one of the chief offenders in, in terms of the Jazz completely collapsing on defense in the postseason the last two years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's hard to give him any less than an A offensively. He's, yeah. I mean, uh, I wrote an article on him towards the end of December, and at that stage he was shooting career highs across the board. Mm-hmm. ISOs. He was one of the best ISO scorers. Like it was – so I feel like some of that might have tailed off, but, uh, yeah, I agree with your grades yeah. at both ends. I don't think I need yeah. to say much about the defense. Yeah, there's, there's no, I feel like there's just not a ton to say about a guy like Boyan. I mean, he's on a really bad team. He's scoring a lot of points. He's doing it very efficiently, and he's playing horrible defense. And he's not part of the future, most likely. Yeah. And you come to a guy like Alec Burks again on defense. On you know on offense, it's like a on, on you know on defense, maybe like a I don't know. The, the guy's a, a very solid bench player, um, but I just don't really feel like talking about him. Do you? <laughs> it's yeah, like, no. I think yeah. I, I think it's pretty simple with Alec. Like he's been yeah. an awesome like. He's won a couple of games. Like, he's been the main reason for a couple of the Pistons. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I can recite the Denver game in Denver, and then, which I believe you were at. And then yes. also the um, the Minnesota game. When yeah, he almost didn't miss a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's Minnesota, just, yeah. yeah. Like, it's been as much joy as you can get out of watching 30 year olds on a rebuilding team. Ali yeah. Burks and Bogdanovich have given us as much joy as possible so but there's not a much not much to add yeah and it's it's a shame I'd, I'd say unequivocally they're the two most important members of the offense in my opinion at least as far as scoring goes i'd say i'd say it's almost you know i'd, I'd say the two of them are the most important scorers on the team and uh, in terms of their in, yeah yeah in terms of their impact i know you'd say about killian yeah but yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so, guys, yeah, veterans who are doing well. I think Burks is, is genuinely playing in the way that he is would be a positive on, on any team. I mean, you guys know Weed Shooter. Uh, and he's just, you know, a decent, a decent passer. Um, but these are good guys who are just not very interesting to talk about. And yeah, I think it's kind of like a mark of why the season is less enjoyable than we would like that, you know, that they are consistently two of the best players in any given game. You know, you've got Kojo. Diallo, I think, has just been very disappointing. Uh, who would you like to talk about first? We'll put it that way. Probably Killian, yeah? Yeah, let's do Killian. We can do Killian. I think the main thing for Killian, um, like he's been spoken about a lot, covered, a lot's been written about and spoken about. And, and I think the main thing I sort of took away with his absence was I, prior to probably like watching his resurgence or bounce back, whatever you want to call it, um, that gave me hope, but it was always just like, I still don't really know. I still don't see this guy on this team pass his rookie deal. I still just, but yeah, I feel like just his playmaking. Does that, that was the glaring thing to me in the three games he was out is Jaden Ivey is nowhere near ready to be a point guard. Oh no. Like, and I, it, it, so, so um, going forward, obviously a lot depends on what happens in this draft and who the Pistons select and whatever, but having like Killian is, easily the team's second best playmaker like behind Kate and you need multiple creators so I there's now a question for me is like a real question is I think Killian do you bring him back like I'm not saying he's a starter or whatever but he's a if he can keep up this shooting which is it's still being like he's still not shooting well if you look at league averages but if he can very inconsistent yeah like I was looking it up yesterday he's He's got a go-to shot, but it's the least efficient shot in the game, the long term. Oh, yeah. He's efficient at it, but it's <laughs> yeah. the least efficient shot. So, you know, he's yeah. found a go-to move, and I think that counts for something. His passing and defense has always been, you know, that's always been a staple of his game. Um, if he can keep – like, I don't even necessarily think he needs to get to the rim a ton. It'll hinder, hit, like, how much money he can make as a player. But if he can just become – keep developing that mid-range and get this three-point shooting up for league average, I think I would bring him back. Obviously dependent on the draft, but yeah, I think he's you need multiple playmakers and I don't think Jaden Ivey's mm-hmm. ready for that. Oh, no. I, I think the ideal situation for them, I mean, I, I still feel like Killian is likely to top off as kind of like qualified backup point guard in a good team. That's a valuable player. I feel like in terms of like his shooting, his three-point shooting has obviously improved a great deal. And that's huge. Inconsistent, but it's improved a great deal. He's a very talented playmaker. Uh, he's, uh, I would even, I would say that he's got better court vision and, and, than, than Cade does and is, and is a better passer. He just doesn't have some of Cade's other assets, like Cade's ability to break down defenses almost at will. Yeah. Um, yeah. K- Killian has just this incredible and incredibly frustrating hesitance to drive into the interior. Yeah. And it's like you said, with the pull-up too, yeah, I mean, if you can shoot like 48% on that, you know, fantastic. I mean, that yeah, that's an efficient half-court shot. But it's if it's your go-to move, you got to be way better than that. Yeah. You know, if, if, you're, if you're replacing drives with that, you got to be way better. And he doesn't and break down like, defenses. Yeah. No, I, I agree with your points. And I feel if he gets that three-point shot, if he can make that consistent, like if you can get that to 38% plus, that sort of offsets the reliance on that long two. But... Yeah, he still needs to improve his efficiency as a scorer, but I think there is a question now like, to bring him back because, yeah, not to rehash it, but I just Jaden Ivey's not ready to be a point guard anytime soon. Oh, no, not at all. And and Killian has, I mean, in the first like 20 games of the season, he was absolutely not only really miserable to watch. Like, you yeah. know, no buts. It was, it was horrendous. It was some of the it worst was. basketball <laughs> I've ever seen anybody play. In the NBA, it was ever two two points, two assists on like twenty percent shooting. Pretty, yeah, yeah it, first ten yeah. to fifteen games, especially. <laughs> it went on for quite. Yeah, it went on for a significant period of time. Yeah, and it was it was just awful. Yeah, he was on. It was it was terrible. And he he finally picked it up like right near the end of November. Like I would say, I would date that to a game against the Cavaliers uh, yeah. when he. I don't remember exactly how many points. Whatever. Yeah, he had a good game. To be but, honest, it started the game. K was horrible Kade's last game in Boston Killian came off the bench and scored like 18 points and he was just hitting all these shots but he has had a few inconsistent games in between obviously no but, I would say quite a few yeah, uh, yeah. he's but he's yeah, bounced it, back yeah. he's bounced back and that counts for something because in seasons past he hasn't bounced back 
<laughs> yeah, the, I mean, those two, three game ruts would go on for weeks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, his sophomore season, like those 40 games in which he was starting next to Cage just because they wanted to see if he could do it were, were just miserable, completely and utterly yeah. miserable. So it's definitely been encouraging. I mean, he's, he's, he's a very high-quality passer. He's a, he's a strong defender, and I think he's improved as a defender because he's not getting – well, the switch, everything helps because it kind of removes him getting blazed in the – you know, just absolutely left in the dust in the pick and roll. It's not really as yeah. much of a factor. Um, but he's, he's been strong enough on defense, you know, that the pull-up two is nice that, you know, that he can hit that. You know, it's a way for him to create offense. And shooting threes, of course, is, is mandatory even, even if he's been inconsistent. So he's been a minor bright spot. And I just wish that uh, – what – what do you think goes on in his head that he's just not willing to, to drive into the interior, though? I mean, that's high percentage offense. You get to the free throw line and you break down defenses and he just won't do it. It's interesting. Uh, he's always shied away from contact, even when he tries to go to the rim in the NBA. Like he's always, yeah. especially going left or but going left or right, he always will like sort of drift away on his drives. So I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a habit. I didn't watch much of him prior to the draft, but I've seen some highlights and he looks like he could finish at the rim back in the yeah. German league or whatever. Maybe not. You didn't have to deal with contact there, though. Yeah, so it feels like it might have just been something that hasn't been in his game. Uh, I I don't know. It's it's funny. He's really gotten some – like his mid-range shooting, he's, you, he will always pull up now. Even if he's like eight feet from the rim, he'll pull up. Yeah. He'll mm-hmm. never go through. So, yeah, it's obviously a mental thing, uh, but I don't know what it is to be honest because he's big he's reasonably strong it's not like he, he shouldn't be scared of contact so i'm not sure no i have no idea either but you know his improvement has definitely been one of the storylines of the season and and it's been great to see you know and if killian if his trajectory right now is good best solid backup point guard in the nba for a good team i mean that's that's a spectacular amount of improvement i would give him on the season as a whole um probably like a c uh, i would say bb plus for like the last uh six weeks or so and like an F for the first F for the first 20 games. <laughs> so um, I'll give him yeah. a B. I'll give oh, him on the season. B. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Now a quick word from our sponsor. The NFL playoff picture is locked in and the go-to place for wildcard ground action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? For example, you could and should vote, or excuse me, should bet on the 49ers. Uh, so we can watch them completely wipe out the Seahawks. That'd be great. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 and free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, let's move on to the other interesting guy in the backcourt, obviously. Uh, this would be Jaden Ivey, uh, who has had his share of struggles, to say the least. Yes, especially since coming back from that initial injury. I feel like in his first 10 games, he was... Well, in the games alongside Cade, he looked he looked better because he wasn't asked to create a lot of offense. I feel like everything he was doing was off like secondary action. So like coming off a screen in the corner, he was just getting set up a little bit more to get downhill. Now when you ask him, when he's running the pick and roll, he showed some, some minor flashes. But the thing I've noticed is obviously in the preseason and coming into the draft, the thing with Jaden was he, the in-between game's not there. And he's obviously spent a lot of time working on that and in the offseason leading up to his rookie season. And you'll see every time he goes to snake the pick and roll in particular, you can see he's predetermined already that, okay, I'm going to snake this screen. I'm going to get the defender on my back and then I'm shooting. And that's where, so I don't think he's being selfish so much. It's more, he's just, he becomes narrow like re- only focused on scoring and obviously misses opportunities for passes at times and that's what leads to some really sort of rough looking floaters or these sort of fadeaway mid-rangers so but he's obviously trying and like it's part of development but yeah the turnovers feel like in the past couple of weeks they've been really bad um obviously oh, yeah. mentioned a couple of times when Killian was out it was pretty rough and Dwayne Casey sat him at the end of games at times which I think it's perfectly justifiable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, not to be too down on Jaden, I think we've seen plenty of flashes of like, just the athleticism is just, it's off, it's off the charts. Like it's the yeah. way he can get up and down in transition. 
is just such a weapon. Um, you know, we've seen him sprinkling in some mid-range jump shots here. Some of them look pretty good. But it's all inconsistent at the moment. That's the thing with Jaden. And I think we sort of expected yeah. that. So I'm, I guess what are your thoughts? I mean, my thoughts is that my thoughts are that I expected him to my concerns about him going into the draft. Number one, in no particular order, his shooting, his three point shooting, I thought would be inconsistent. Just uh, you know, his, his three point shooting was very inconsistent in Purdue, and and the free throw shooting also is probably going to continue to need work, and it does. He's at seventy two percent. He was going to have to refine his driving because in the NBA you cannot just hit the afterburners, turn the corner on an, on an NCAA defender going right. And then score at the basket before the help gets there. It's never going to work, All right? But it will work sometimes. But you know, it, it's not consistently. A yeah, you, you gotta. Yeah, you gotta be able to to make good decisions and exploit the lanes properly, and and then also the ability to make those split second reads and passes on a consistent basis. And he has struggled in all four of those areas. So, oh, and his in between game, which continues to be horrible. I can't remember the last time. At this point, it's like he's in the last four games. I'm not sure if he's hit a single mid-range shot, or, you know, of any kind. So, and I feel like it's kind of, it's like you said, he goes about it robotically in terms of he makes the decision before he does something. And I think then, that, you know, there are instances when he can get to the basket when he doesn't, because he's already just decided that, oh, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go this way while it closed down. Now I have to pass it. Or I'm just going to take a mid-range shot. I'm just going to stop. Yeah. And, and take a mid-range shot. And and there are games in which it feels like he barely drives at all. So I think it's been a rough transition to the NBA for him, you know, almost across the board. Yeah. And I think also teams got used to him quickly. They knew that you're going to do this and we're going to start game planning for you. And they just collapse and he's finished. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's for him trying to figure out what's the counter. How do I get back into the play here? Or Because that obviously when they just collapse on him, that's when you get those jump passes out of, you know, he's... The jump passes that turn to turnovers or just travels or just turnovers, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's been um, hard on him. I mean, Cade, yeah. Cade took the punches. Cade, nothing yeah. gets Cade down. That's not, that's not the case with Jaden Ivey. Well, Cade's like the opposite. He has a counter for everything. Like you said, he can break down defenses. Like, whereas oh, I meant, Aiden, uh, I, meant that, I meant that he can struggle and he'll just, and it doesn't really, doesn't really bother oh, him course. very much. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't disagreeing with you. I was just saying in general, yeah. like, um, it feels like when you watch Jaden, like it's like you feel like you're in his mind sometimes. Like you can literally see, you can almost predict at times what he's going to do before he throws yeah. the pass. And I think that's just because he didn't have that in between game, like coming out of college. So, and it, you see it when he's trying to run the offense. He's just, it's all very new and he's trying to process it. And you can't, you don't have time for that in the NBA defenses. And the no. level of athletes just, yeah, they burn you. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the margin of error is. I mean, the, the margin between scoring and not scoring, and in between making a good pass and making a pass gets intercepted is tiny. It's absolutely yeah. tiny. It's a game of inches. Yeah, and and he's just. I don't think he's there yet. I'm not sure he's ever going to really be a primary hand, or I'm not sure if he has that. But absolutely, he's not ready for it at this point. And and then yeah. on defense, um, he makes mistakes. Like, uh, and I, I hope those are just kind of more rookie mistakes than. And basketball IQ mistakes. Yeah, I think he just he gambles a lot, and then communication—that's a rookie thing, in my opinion. And he's definitely—it's not—he's definitely got the body type to be able to be a good defender, the physical profile to be a good mm-hmm. defender. It's just about him locking in and learning the NBA game. Yeah. Yeah. My last thing on Jaden was I just feel he, he reminds me a lot of Russell Westbrook. Good oh, and no. bad. He does. He does. The way he plays, the types of turnovers, the shots he takes, the risks he takes. And I'm actually fine with that. I I think Russ, I know he's a a controversial player, but I I also think he's a he was a very good player. And you just if that's what the Jaden Ivey is, that's who he reminds me of a lot. People probably hate Mm. on me for that, but I just wanted to put that in. (laughs) Yeah, I would say in terms of differences from Westbrook, in my opinion, not as athletic. Uh, is not uh, not as oblivious. Westbrook is quite oblivious, which is one of his issues. And my goodness, I hope he doesn't develop along those lines because Westbrook was was very good if you wanted to get to the first round and wanted to give him the ball all the time. But the idea with Ivy is to get further and for him to be kind of number two next to Cade. In any case, like in, in terms of a grade, I'd, I'd probably give him, in terms of what could be expected from rookies, maybe about a C. Uh, yeah, he's he's really struggled. Yeah, but, but he's had yeah, some bright moments. 
say C plus. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, let's move on to uh, your personal favorite. This be Isaiah Stewart, who uh, you know has had his ups and had its downs. He started at center. Now he's playing mostly power forward, and his shooting was really bad, and then became much better, and now has been really bad again. And it's definitely been an adjustment for him. Yeah, for sure. I think, it, like you said, the shooting. It felt like he was getting. He was shooting around thirty eight percent. He'd worked his way to that from three, and then the last 10, he's dipped to like 25%, maybe even 12 games. So the shot, I guess you would say, is streaky. I think I've enjoyed him a lot more at the four than the five. Um, I've enjoyed watching him next to Duran. I think I'm not sure of that long term if those two are the answer, but I've enjoyed watching it in the past 10 games, and I hope we get to see more of that closing the season. But yeah, I, it, look, with Stu... Off the dribble, we've seen him attack off a couple of closeouts. Looks a tad awkward, but he's made some shots, made some nice passes. Him and Durant are developing a little bit of chemistry, a bit of big-to-big passing, albeit, like I said, awkward. I think defensively, I like it long-term. I still think Stu's got to show he can protect the rim from the weak side like Jeremy Grant did and players like Jaden McDaniels do and those rangy wings. Still need to see that, but... On the whole, I would say Stu's been definitely one of the better Pistons this season. On the whole, I think he's averaging career highs across the board, getting to the free throw line a bit more. So I'd give Stu a B, a B, probably a B plus to be honest, considering what my expectations were. Yeah, I've been I've been happy with his improvement. I, I know that we both like we recorded a, an Isaiah Stewart episode before the season began, and we both said we believe in the shooting. You know, I think both of us still feel that way. Um, the shooting, of course, has been absolutely key. And like you said, he struggled recently, but just he has to be able to shoot, I feel like, to be like a positive value player in the NBA. And uh, he's his, his adaptation of power forward has been interesting. Of course, it's mostly just been him shooting a lot of threes and and then just trying to do some attacking off the dribble in advantageous situations. And I think he still remains quite limited. I'm not sure if power forward's ever going to be his, really his, if he's ever going to, I don't think he's going to be a starting power forward in this league, put it that way, but... It's nice that he's displaying the ability to play both positions. Um, I feel like his defense has suffered a power forward. Um, yeah. Yeah, to be honest, I, I've found it, I don't disagree with that, but I've also found it hard to evaluate a lot of players' defense unless it's just been, like, I, just because of how bad the whole team has been as a whole. I've yeah. found it hard, apart from just looking at, like, room protection numbers or something like that been difficult just because the perimeter defense is so bad on a whole and i guess Stu at the four sort of contributes to that but Mm -hmm. um that's that's fair yeah but uh, i think in terms of his improvement in terms of his ability to uh his improvement as a three-point shooter on very high volume uh and and just just his improvements in general i I agree with you i'd probably give i'd probably give Stuart a b i think we might have different thoughts as to what his future in the nba will be i think he's just likely to be a long-term bench player um but a guy who's it's just it's it is impossible not to like Stewart in you know, a really no matter what he's doing. Um, yeah, so let's move on to we're just gonna do a couple more here. We're gonna do Jalen Duran and and uh, Sadiq Bay. Uh, Jack here and I spoke uh, during a pause and decided we didn't want to do Marvin Bagley. Um, those of you who listened <laughs> to my last episode will probably geez did I talk about Bagley in the last episode? Basically, Bagley gets uh, just has not been good in period in my opinion. And it's just been very disappointing to watch, and it's not that interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know he's if been disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I think he's been disappointing for sure. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to the other member of the front court. It's Jalen Duran, who I, I did not expect him to start uh, this early. You know, by any means, that was that was a surprise. But he's been starting at center for I don't know, like the last fifteen games or so, I believe. Uh, well, since the, since around since I think December ninth, so about a month at this point. Or exactly a month at this point, actually. So, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on Jalen in terms of this, how his rookie season is going? Yeah, I think he's exceeded expectations. Um, like you, I thought we would see him start maybe the last 20 games of the season, not before the All-Star break. But I think, yeah, he's still learning. You can see that he's young. He has some miscues on defense. Um, he's pretty much just a clean-up guy offensively. But I think we've seen some flashes. We've seen him pretty effective as a role man. Seen him make some short roll passes. Like the passing's the thing that intrigues me the most. I actually just had an article released today, just talking about his catalyst for success and the intrigue surrounding his passing. So the passing, I think that's a really cool aspect of his game. His free throw shooting 
after starting like shooting 30%, I think since he's been a starter at least, he's shooting like mid-60s, maybe even close to 70%. So that's been cool to see. I think that gives you some faith that maybe there's a mid-range jump shot in there in the future. Um, the rebounding obviously is just this guy's going to lead the league in rebounds for multiple years. You can just tell that he's got all the tools. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for a 19-year-old, I think he's been excellent. I think he's averaging close to a double-double. Um, rim protection is a little bit, probably been a tad let down. Um, yeah. Just considering his measurement, like how big he is, his wingspan. and But I think just having him in the paint has really helped this team compared to, especially when they had Bagley or Stewart, the five. You can see the difference with a real center. Yeah, definitely. I think that... I mean, my hope with Duran, I mean, he is having some issues as a rim protector. He's not really being used in drop coverage all that much. He's, he's very much in the, switching, uh, in the switching defense at this point. So he's not doing like a ton of traditional rim protection. But he definitely, I think, he's got some seasoning to do in terms of defending guys at the NBA level. And that's fine. Um, and then the layups he's got to work on. Uh, yes. He dunks a lot. The, layup, yeah, the layups are still pretty bad. Yeah, he misses some gimmies at times. Um, he just yeah. rushes. It reminds me, of, I hate to say it, it reminds me a little bit of Andre Drummond. Not oh, that God, I think don't he's say that. Going to be on, no, but just sometimes, yeah, just sometimes, <laughs> just the way he rushes at times, or yeah. I don't know, some of his layups and hook shots just remind me of a young Andre Drummond, which I think he has, he will be better than Andre for whatever yeah. that's worth. Yeah, it's, and it's been great to see him finally use as a vertical spacer. Um, in, in the Golden State game, for example, Casey, I feel like doesn't really like vertical spacing, but the door in between his wingspan and his athleticism, that's very, very helpful, very helpful to have. And I think, you know, I, I think it's been promising. I think he's very raw, which we both expected when he was coming into the NBA. Uh, I'm sure I did. I'm, I'm sure that would imagine. I don't yeah. know, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, he was, he was a very raw player. I think yeah. he has exceeded expectations. Um, I think he's the kind of player who might not fully come online until year three. And oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, I look forward to the, uh, you know, to the the improvement watching him develop. So I, I would give Duran, you know, just in terms of in terms of against expectations, like probably a B plus season so far. Yeah, I'd say B plus. Yeah. All right, and then finally Sadiq Bay, uh, who I would say has been the most disappointing player on the team this season. Yeah, I Sadiq, I think unfortunately the Bogdanovich addition hurt him the most and. And I say that because Bogdanovich sort of, Sadiq's sort of trying to be a Bogdanovich, I feel like, because Sadiq can't, you know, he's pretty poor defensively. And then yeah. when you see Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich is the exemplifies efficiency. So mm-hmm. and that's sort of, you look at Sadiq, there's sort of a similar archetype, even though people like to frame Sadiq as a 3 and D player, those that don't watch Pistons enough. But um, so I think, that addition hurt him because you can't really play those two effectively alongside each other. And no. yeah, it's when they have, it's just not been great for obvious reasons, mainly defense. Yeah. But, and then just, yeah, it's been a real bummer to see the shooting just not come around. He did have like a 10 game stretch where he was shooting 40% in December, but it feels like that's dropped off. I think he's been at his best in a bench role. So um, I would, I'm fine with leaving him on the bench for the rest of the season because he seems to just want to really develop that mid-range drive game, which involves a lot of sort of half post-up spin moves, which he can be effective at against bench lineups. But amongst the starters, yeah, unless he gets that three-point shot back to really good efficiency, it's going to be tough to see him as a starter long-term with any team. He's gone downhill. Like he was, he was up at fifty-two percent from two earlier in the season. He's back at fifty-six percent right now, uh, which is actually not fifty-six. Forty-six percent. Fifty-six would be fantastic. Um, forty-six is still a career high, not by very much. And um, yeah, it's it's gone downhill for him. I mean, he is not. He's trying to play a very different role, and it seems like he doesn't really know what that role is, and he's just trying to carve it. He's just trying to carve out something, and and it weaves him in no man's land. And when he just accepts that role, uh, he just plays that role of I'm going to catch it and I'm going to shoot it and maybe I'll do some attacking off the dribble. He seems to do better. But I don't think his head is really in a very good place right now, both in that decision-making and in terms of the fact that he went from like reasonably steady on defense to absolutely terrible. Yeah. So this has been the bizarre story of the season. It's almost, so yeah, it's 
almost like he's gotten a bit too bulky. Like he's always he came into the league like pretty well built for a rookie, but it's like he's gotten too big or something. Um, mm. Because he's huge. Like he's a he's stocky. Just thirty, said. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Sadiq though is also a good example just for fans of when you draft players like like Jaden Ivey, for example. Like you sort of knew he's going to be a bit of a a, a project. Not as much as Killian, but. You know, with Benedict Matherin looking the way he has, or at least he started the season, it's just there is players that will come into the NBA in their first season and thrive. And then, yeah, that's sort of just don't... I'm basically just saying don't fall off these development players like Achillian or don't get too low on Jaden Ivey, even though he is struggling. Like play, mm-hmm. t- Some players just need two to three seasons where some can come in and look good and probably not really improve a whole lot from there. They're just more NBA ready. So how would you fix Sadiq? Would you just send him back to that just very kind of pretty standards role he was playing throughout most of last season, just shoot threes and do some creation from the interior? I think, I think for the rest of this season, leave him coming off the bench, keep his comp. Because when he comes off the bench, he, he can sort of score. He's got more scoring opportunities. He gets to handle the ball more. Try and keep his confidence some sort of – try and get that his confidence high. And then in the offseason, you just – go back to say Sadiq this is how you're going to make your money in the NBA if you want to be a starter in my opinion yeah you would just shoot catch and shoot and focus on defense Mm -hmm. because I think he can be better defensively I think I think so too he's expending too much energy trying to create off the dribble maybe he needs to drop a few pounds I'm I'm not sure but yeah 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 so I would give him a C minus on the season just he's he's been the I'd say the, the major disappointment of the season so far I would give him a, a, a D. <laughs> like yeah. I've been Maybe I'm being kind. Really, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I've been, unfortunately, he has been the most disappointing player. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that there was the 50-point game. I'd like to remind, I'd like to bring up the reminder that Corey Brewer had a 50-point game. Uh, Terrence yeah. Ross had a 50-point game. Uh, and if you go out there and you get to shoot the ball a lot and you hit 10 threes, you're likely to have a good game. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's, I just I, I thought that we would continue to see some positive upward trajectory, and instead it's been a very disappointing season for him. So unfortunate, we still got half a season to get it together. Uh, all right, any uh, any closing thoughts? Not really, man. I hope I'm. You know, I want to see. I think Jalen Duran's out against the Sixers um, oh in the next game, so I'm hoping we can get him back into the lineup because watching him and Stu together has been, I guess, one of the. One of the positives, just watching them develop chemistry, and I hope Jaden Ivey can sort of maybe post All Star break just start to find a way to counter some of the defensive, uh, the defenses you're seeing, and just you know have a good stretch of play because I think the fan base really needs something to grasp onto. Yeah, do you want to know something else that's fun? Boyan is out against uh, against the Sixers as well, so that should be that. a good time. Yeah. yeah, of course. Once this episode posts, the Sixers game will already have been played, although Isaiah Livers might play. Yeah. So uh, in any case, Jack, always a pleasure to have you on the show. I want to thank you again for coming on. Uh, this is Jack Kelly of Detroit Bad Boys. He's Jack underscore Kelly underscore 313 on Twitter. Check him out. And I uh, hope to have you back on the show again soon. Absolutely, Mark. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. All right, folks. So uh, thanks, as always, for listening. Catch you in next week's episode.